You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. Happy draft week bills mafia it is finally here i remember being at the combine uh, a couple months ago and it feeling like this trek that we do every year and it's there's no complaints right this is the a great time of year in a where the nfl and the world is opening back up on the other side of the pandemic and every like unique event that we have it's it's so great but we're finally here after all the lead up all the mock drafts and right here tonight obviously ryan and i'll have one more to read over at Syracuse.com and NewYorkUpstate.com this week. But this is the live mock where we give our thoughts throughout the entire draft, pick by pick. If a scenario comes up, we're going to talk it through. And this is Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, and we are going to get mock crazy tonight. So settle in. Maybe if you're watching on your phone, the notification just came up on your iPhone. Go grab yourself a beer. Go grab yourself some coffee, maybe. Sit on the couch. Get comfortable. Throw on YouTube up on the uh, the, the big screen and join us. And we're, we're going to be here for, probably for about an hour. We'll, we'll, we'll take your questions. I want to bring some comments up from people in the chat. What do you think about a pick that happens here, a pick that happens there? Ryan Talbot, you ready to go? I'm ready to go. This is my favorite week of the year, Matt. I, I love the draft. I love everything about it. Obviously, you know, when, when the Bills were in those drought years, there there's probably a little bit more anticipation in terms of who the Bills are going to get in that top 10, top 12. Uh, but I, I think Bills fans would take this alternative any day of the week when you have your franchise quarterback and you're the Super Bowl favorite and picking in the mid-20s, at least this year. Um, Aaron asks if we're doing trade scenarios or straight up, we'll probably talk through some trade potential as we go through the mock, but I don't think we're actually going to execute trades. It's just too hard with the live mock setup a little bit too much because we're going to be reacting in real time. So as these picks happen, what we're going to do is we're going to alternate picks. Ryan's going to get pick one. I'll go pick two. We'll kind of go through, talk through each pick. And maybe as we move through this thing, what the bills potentially are thinking on their end, it's going to be super fun. Uh, I like doing this every year. I think we did our first one two years ago, and it was super, uh, it, you know, it, it helps 
going through the exercise, like Brandon Bean said, he'll get his whole staff together. The scouts come into Buffalo and they'll start putting up mock drafts uh, in the meeting room and like playing out scenarios as the picks go along. And so that's what the fans get to do and us in the media get to do. So it's a good time. Yeah, always a great time. I can't wait to get into this. And this year is going to be, I think, maybe the craziest draft that we've covered together, Matt, just because there's so much uncertainty uh, with what teams are going to do. So I'm going to set it up to be a three-round mock because um, what I want to do is maybe at the end, if we have time, maybe just fire through some scenarios. We'll see. We'll see where we're at, at timing-wise. Uh, but if not, like if we're if we're pushing up against an hour and we because we can't go long, just so you know, we have five shows coming at you this week minimum. We're coming at you tonight, Wednesday night with our official draft preview post round one, post day two, and then sometime post day three, either on Saturday or Sunday. we got to still figure that out, uh, but we'll have five shows for you this week. So we can't go too long. I actually got a text from our uh our audio uh, producer today. And he was like, how, uh, how many shows this week? And I said five and he's like, oh, okay. So are you going to go a little bit shorter as uh, like with, with each episode? I'm like, we'll see baby buckle up. It's draft week. Hey, you, you know, maybe I'll make some of these early picks uh, quick for our audio producer just to save him a little bit early on at least. All right. So here's the first big uh, hurdle that we have to clear. Can we get this up? Oh boy. We got the draft network up on the screen. Um, let me see if I can uh, – I might take the banner off just to make it look a little bit better. You can see more of the screen. Do you need it? Oh, no. We'll keep it up. I think that's fine. You can see it just fine just there. Um, bring this. That's going to stay on the screen, it looks like. All right, here we go. So, Ryan, you're going to start us off here. And honestly, there's a lot of intrigue. And I feel like the draft – most years you say the draft starts at two or three, depending on how many – I mean, last year we knew it was Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. I mean, it was pretty much bank it by the time we got here. Right now – who knows what could happen? I mean, Trayvon Walker now is the betting favorite to go number one. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson's been the guy all this time. Do the Jaguars, who have a young rookie quarterback, franchise quarterback, and Lawrence go offensive lineman. Where do you feel like this ultimately lands on Thursday night? I think it ultimately lands with an edge rusher. Uh, you know, if I was in those shoes, I would go with Hutchinson. I think that he is the safer of the two picks. But I, I think Jacksonville is going to go with Walker. I, I think they're looking at it in terms of there is this really, really high upside. And if we can untap that upside, we could have a superstar on our hands. Now, that being said, it's easier said than done in today's NFL. But put me on the board for Trayvon, uh, Trayvon Walker, Georgia, edge rusher, pick one overall. Yeah, I think that that is where we're trending. And usually when there's enough smoke like this, there's a fire. And I think what's cool about Trevon Walker is the limitless potential, not only that he has upside-wise from a skill set perspective, but what you can do with him in your defense. Like right now, a lot of people are talking about like his athleticism and, and the potential for him as an edge rusher. He could also be one of those guys that kind of just moves inside and outside, does a lot of that. I mean, if the Bills had the number one pick, this would – for sure be a Sean McDermott type of guy because he can kind of do so many different types of things in your defense. All right, we're going to number two here and the Detroit Lions, they could go a bunch of different ways. And I know quarterback at this point, I mean, I think we've heard enough now in the draft community that I don't think anybody is, is figuring quarterback here. You know, they have Jared Goff uh, under contract, I think for the next couple of years, they can't get out of it until at the earliest next year. And I still think it's going to be tough. So you know, you look at some of the draft needs that the draft network has here for you. Edge rusher, safety, Kyle Hamilton, 
uh, wide receiver, obviously in the mix there. I think Hutchinson at this point, it, I think it would shock a lot of people if Hutchinson falls past the Detroit Lions here just because of all the hype around him uh, over the last three months, four months, going back to the, to the season. There's even some some late stuff. I think I was listening to Peter King on his podcast that the Lions have done a lot of work on Kayvon Thibodeau, and maybe that could be the the big splashy surprise after his his draft stock was supposed to be falling so much over the last few months maybe that's something that you know surprises people last second um i'm gonna go a little bit conventional i'm gonna be a little bit boring just because i think for as much as you want to talk about hutchinson being you know uh you know maybe lowest ceiling highest floor type of guy those combines performance stats were unbelievable for me and i think that's enough if you're a uh, a gm that's worried about it in the slightest you know what he can do at a baseline level and you bring him in you know that he's got athleticism for days and you just unleash him and i think he's a plug and play guy he's got the attitude I, I just i think it makes too much sense so we'll go aiden hutchinson here at number two yeah i love that pick uh i think campbell would be thrilled with that pick and, and then you have the ties to detroit you get the michigan kid in uh, I think that does wonders for the you know ticket sales, the fan base, the passion, and and it's just like I said, a really good match for that the city and what they're looking for in terms of building this thing up. Mm-hmm. All right, you're up on the clock, number three. Number three, Houston Texans. This is a tough one uh, because again, this is a team that has no shortage of needs. Uh, you know, the draft network has cornerback, edge rusher, offensive tackle. Um, I'm going to go and take Sauce Gardner off the board right now. And that's a tough one because I could have seen him. I think if he falls to four, the Jets almost have to take him uh, because you're mm-hmm. in a division that has Stefan Diggs and Tyree Kill. But I, I think Houston is, is trying to build this thing up too. I, I think that, um, you, you know, they saw enough from Davis Mills. Again, no quarterback really in play here. But th- there's a lot of different scenarios they could go with. But go with the best player on the board. And to me, that's Sauce Gardner. Okay. So we have Sauce Gardner going at number three. And I feel like the earlier that Gardner goes, and listen, I think in the top five, you're not getting out of there without one of these corners going. So the earlier that he goes, though, the less likelihood I think that there is of the Bills trading up for a corner. Because if you get Sauce going maybe at seven and that pushes Stingley maybe outside of the top 12, I don't think he gets past Minnesota necessarily. But I think maybe the Bills maybe consider it a little bit more Listen, I've, I've looked at all the different mocks and all the different scenarios and different ways that the Bills can get creative and get up. I just think it's going to be, at, at the end, too costly for a position that I don't know that they covet as much as Bills fans do. So I think getting up to three, four, even five to get Sauce Gardner, it's going to, in the end, even though it's going to be a little bit uh, cheaper this year because you know teams are trying to get out of the top 10, I still think it's going to be too costly for Brandon Bean. But hey. Listen, I'm not ruling it out. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying from a, a likelihood level, I'm not going in that direction uh, as of now. All right, the Jets come up next. Listen, there's a bunch of different ways that they could go. There's a lot of edge rushers on the board still. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is there. Um, Jermaine Johnson, whose draft stock is absolutely through the roof. Shout out to our good buddy, Sid Vicious, uh, our, our good buddy, Mark, who... Honestly, I got to give him a shout out. Uh, he'll be on the show sometime after the draft because we'll, we'll we'll bring him on. We'll talk about this. He he started DMing us. What was it, Ryan? Like two months ago, a month and a half ago, about Trayvon Walker uh, 
being the first overall draft pick when nobody was really talking about it. Uh, that is some high level Intel or some great uh, psychic powers, but uh, everything changed. And, he, and he's been, he's been talking about that for a while. He's also high on Jermaine Johnson uh, who I think uh, at this spot, you know, is a fit for the jets. But I think in the end, you know, maybe they do go edge rusher, but they spent on Carl Lawson. They'll get him back. He's probably not going to be the same player that he was before the injury. Probably need a year to get back. But I think like a young quarterback, you have to give, you know, Zach Wilson as much protection playmakers as you can. Honestly, it wouldn't shock me if they really threw uh, a wrench in this thing, and went Drake London or Garrett Wilson, depending on how highly they have them, uh, graded on their board but i think in the end it just makes too much sense to go with one of the tackles i'm going to go with icky aquanu out of nc state i think he's a little bit more ready made i think he's a little bit more versatile he play tackle he play guard uh uh I, I know there's a lot of there's also a lot of juice right now in charles cross i think he uh he might have been the first or second off the board uh, i think he was the first tackle off the board in peter king's mock uh yesterday so uh or this morning so a lot of interesting options uh, uh, at this spot. But I'm going to give them the, the offensive lineman because I think you have to protect Zach Wilson. And we don't know what's going on with Mekhi Becton. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. Um, good pick there. I'm going to stick with offensive line for the next pick here with the uh, Giants. I'm going to go Evan Neal. I, I think that they are trying to do everything possible to see what Daniel Jones can do. Uh, mm -hmm. building up that offensive line, giving him some help there, I, I think is the right move. You have a talented running back. You have some talent uh, on both sides of the ball. There's still a ways to go. This is any team that's in the top 10 minutes, the same thing. There's a lot of needs, and you kind of have to go with who you think is the best to fill one of those most important or biggest needs early on. Right. And, you know, Neil, uh, at one time, about a month and a half ago, a month ago, he was the first guy off the board. He was going to the uh, the Jaguars uh, with that first pick. So this is not out of the realm of possibility. I think uh, they they got to protect whether it be Daniel Daniel Jones or the next quarterback that they find. I think this is a nice pick and a, and a cool thing for Neil and for Iquanu, uh, like we mentioned. They can play inside or outside. We, we don't necessarily know where their ideal fit is going to be at some point, but wherever it ends up being, they're high-level players. And I think you know, starting to rebuild that offensive line, uh, I actually remember talking to somebody in uh, uh, at the Combine, one of the new uh, New York Giants uh, uh, folks, and it, it didn't seem like there was a lot of confidence in the collection of talent they had at the time on uh, their offensive line. So I think this is a, a smart a smart pick here for you. All right, next up, Carolina. And to me, I feel like this is where the draft could get totally thrown into flux. I mean, in, when I saw the Baker uh, Mayfield headline today that the Carolina Panthers don't want to deal for him before the trade, I think that that kind of, you know, lets everybody know that or whether it's smoke or not, like, hey, we, we want our chance at a quarterback potentially at number six, which gets everybody else behind them thinking about a quarterback, start thinking about the that pack. All right, what's the package we got to roll out to Carolina to get up to six if one of these guys is our guy? I mean, listen, Pittsburgh has been linked to Malik Willis for months, uh, and I think he's the best quarterback in this draft. If he's not, I think it's a, a conversation to be had between him and Desmond Ritter, and who knows? Maybe Ritter is the guy. Maybe that could be the thing that blows up the draft, Ryan. Ritter goes to Carolina at six. Maybe maybe he's on their radar, and or maybe somebody else has Ritter high on their radar, and they're like, you know what? We're not taking the chance that anybody else uh, sees what we see. Maybe it's the Atlanta Falcons two picks later. Maybe it's um, 
uh, the Seattle Seahawks were a couple of picks later. There's a load of teams. I, I think that need a quarterback. Maybe that's a situation where they trade up, but in the end, we're not going to do an actual trade in here. So we have to make a pick. And with all of, uh, you know, the top two offensive tackles off the board, we're going to stay right there with Charles cross. Who's in the conversation for maybe the prize at that position in the draft. And we're going to have the Panthers, uh, try to protect whoever they have at quarterback. Go Charles cross here at number six. All right, the Giants are up again. You are you have them twice. Uh, they went yeah. Evan Neal at five. Where do you have them going at seven? You know, it's interesting because, uh, again, Stingley makes some sense for the cornerback position, but I, I just said they want to see what Daniel Jones can do. They're already thinking about moving on from Kadarius Tony, according to reports. Let's get maybe the best receiver in this draft class, Garrett Wilson, in there for the, for the Giants. Um, try to, again, build it up, give – them the weapons, see what uh, Brian Dable can do with a weapon like that in New York. I know that he'd be able to get the best out of them. Very good. So the Giants, uh, a little recap here. If you're if your NFC team now is the Giants with all those Bills uh, alums now uh, in power, the Giants have Evan Neal, a uh, new uh, force on their offensive line, and Garrett Wilson to combine with what I think is low key and underrated set of skill players for the giants. I mean, the, the Tony thing aside, like I, I think that there are, there are some pieces there that I think are interesting. I mean, what does Kenny Galladay look like now uh, in a new environment with a new offensive approach, the people that they're going to bring in uh, around there. I mean, he's making a lot of money and you know, it is what it is. Uh, but you know, there's a couple people there that uh, Darius Slayton, I think is a young guy that has a lot of potential when he's healthy on the field. Uh, so we'll see what that looks like if they are able to add uh, a quarterback. All right. Um, what do we got next here? Atlanta Falcons. All right. So this is my pick. I'm going to bring you into the war room with me, Ryan. Uh, edge rusher, wide receiver, and quarterback. Where are you if you're advising the Falcons on what they should do a quarterback? Because I think this is a super interesting pick. You have Marcus Mariota, but how confident – are you in that situation? Are you ready to say, Hey, listen, if we do, we want to spend the draft capital and get a quarterback right now, or do we want to say, let's continue to build the roster? Cause listen, that roster needs a lot of building. I mean, they gotta, they gotta find some pieces, some cornerstones in this draft and then try to, you're going to be bad this year, regardless. And you come back the next year, then pick your quarterback, try to get one of those top two guys. What are you thinking here with the Falcons? You know, Thibodeau makes some sense. Edge is listed as their top need on the draft network. It's been talked about a little bit there in terms of what they can do. You could add another uh, pass-catching weapon. But I almost think that you have to go Malik Willis here if you believe in his skill set and his traits. Because you mentioned it. They have Marcus Mariota. You don't have to rush Willis onto the field. Um I was listening to an interesting podcast with Jordan Palmer recently, obviously Josh Allen's quarterback coach. And he talked about how when a lot of these young quarterback prospects fail, it's not so much the quarterback more so than it is the team failing to either get the help built around them, develop those players, help those players come along. So you, you don't see it a lot in these first round picks anymore at quarterback. They're usually rushed onto the field. Uh, there, and that's usually a bad case scenario because the offensive line isn't built up. You're missing weapons, this, that, or the other bring, bring in Willis, in my opinion, develop him. If you believe in that skill set behind Mariota for a season, even play him mid year, end of the year, depending on what this year looks like. And, and you could have a solid quarterback. You already have that tight end that you invested in with the, 
uh, a top five pick last year where, you know, I think maybe now they as good as he was, they might be kicking themselves because they passed on all those quarterbacks. Uh, I think now you can get it right. You can get the, the top guy in the class and, and that to me is Willis. You know, the, the thing for me, and I like Willis, and I think if that's the dis- direction that the Falcons go, I, I, I'm okay with it. I think that you, you you find the guy that you think you can build around. He's got the kind of tool set, like you mentioned, that I think has you excited as an offensive uh, play caller, Arthur Smith, to kind of be able to mold that a little bit. But I think at the end of the day, if I'm the Falcons, and, and if you feel like if you're Arthur Smith and you have a vote of confidence, from and, and it's hard to say you get a vote of confidence in, in that spot. Year two, expectations are there. And so how much time do you have? But if, if you feel like you do have some time, that's the kind of thing that you're you're battling with. You want to build that roster out a little bit more before you bring in a rookie quarterback. Uh, and so that's why I think in the end, I'm going to steer away from going quarterback just because I don't know if the grade is going to necessarily be there. And I'm going to have the, um, I was going to do a little bit of a surprise here. I'm going, I'm going Kyle Hamilton. Listen, oh, okay. here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you pull like everybody that does the draft from the guys that are really plugged in with the, the, the teams from the draft analysts, you know, if we did like kind of like a, a combined power rankings, Kyle, Kyle Hamilton is probably going to end up in the top three of how like best players in this draft. And I think if you're the Falcons, you have to be in a situation where you're adding great players at this stage of the build. And I think you go out there and you get a guy in Kyle Hamilton right now, the starting uh, safety duo I just looked it up for the Falcons is Eric Harris and Dean Marlowe. Big Dean Marlowe guy guy was a great depth player for the bills, but you know, he couldn't crack the starting lineup in Detroit last year. And that's just the, the, the long and short of it. They need to upgrade at that position. Kyle Hamilton could be a generally generational player. And I don't know if anybody else at this spot gives you that kind of upside and they need upside type of players. There's a couple edge rushers, but I think the question marks with Thibodeau, unless it's smoke uh, or, or whatever you think about Johnson, I'm just going to go Hamilton because I think at the end of the day, he's the best player available there. Uh, I think we'll see. Maybe he's not. And maybe they go in a different direction, but that's the fun of mock drafts. Seattle Seahawks get crazy up on the board. Yeah, I'm going to get crazy. I am going to take the first quarterback off the board. I'm going to go Malik Willis. Obviously, they traded Russell Wilson. Um, I don't believe in any of those quarterbacks that they have in that room now. Drew Locke, Geno Smith. Uh, I, I think that this is a team that needs someone that could, they can develop and bring along and hopefully you know, work with that wide receiver core that they have there, a very talented unit. So put me on the board for Malik Willis at number nine, Seattle Seahawks. All right, we got almost 150 in the live mock. Thank you so much for joining us over on YouTube. If you're watching on Facebook, Twitter, we appreciate all of you uh, guys supporting Shout. Uh, It's awesome. We we love doing this. It's a fun week. If you're on YouTube, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. You'll get notifications every time we go live. You're going to need those notifications because it's going to be a busy week. Um, All right, next up, we go to the Jets with their second pick. In the first round, they went Iki Aquanu addressing the offensive line, and they come back with what I think is a great scenario for the Jets. And I know mm-hmm. Bills fans don't want to probably hear that, but you can go in a number of directions. You can go edge rusher. You can go cornerback. I think Stingley is 100% in play that here if Sauce isn't available for them at four, because I think Sauce is probably the pick there if he's still on the board. Uh, as much as I think they would love to take Stingley, the questions with Carl Lawson, some of the issues that maybe they have on their defensive line, 
Uh, they address offense with the first pick. They go defense with the second, and they go with not Kayvon Thibodeau. They're going to go with Jermaine Johnson, edge rusher out of Florida State. I think he uh, is coming off of a, a senior bowl for the ages. I mean, that was the, the standout superstar performance down in Mobile, and I think that all he's done since then is back up uh, that performance with, you know, just how he's performed, the way teams are talking about him, uh, the season that he had going to Florida State. I, I like Jermaine Johnson in this spot, and I think uh, the Jets will be happy to get out of the first round addressing both the offensive and defensive line. Yeah, I, I think that's a win-win for them. They, they get some help at both spots. And, and like you mentioned, if they're at 10 and you have Johnson, Thibodeau, Stingley, and, and then some of those wide receivers as well sitting on the board, I'm, I'm sure they would be giddy with all those choices, maybe even be looking to trade back uh, because they feel so good about all that talent that is there. All right, next up, uh, Washington Commanders. Uh, you're on the board. But before you make the selection for Washington, this to me is the trade-up spot, number mm-hmm. 11. Because if you want Stingley, and I think you put up a story, uh, we're already starting to kind of get to some of these rumors together. The Bills have been l- reported to like Derek Stingley, and it's not hard to see why. LSU guy, comparing him with Tredavious White makes all the sense in the world. Uh, you take what he did in 2019, his skill set, I think he'd fit right into this this defense. But you're probably going to have to get up at this point with the way the draft has unfolded. You're going to have to get up to 11 because he doesn't make it past Minnesota at 12. I mean, heck, maybe Washington takes him at 11. What are your thoughts here, A? Like, I don't think – I think 25 to 11, it could cost a future first. But what would you what would you think if, if things are the way that it's being reported and maybe it won't cost as much as maybe it would in a normal year? Would you give up the bills first, second this year and a third next year or first and third this year and second next year to move up to get Stingley here? Yeah, I would do that with no hesitation. If that is a guy that they feel is a true number one cornerback in this league, if you can have two corners on the outside like White and Stingley uh, already with that pass rush that you've upgraded with those linebackers that you have and with an offense that's going to be one of the the highest scoring in the league, if you have that confidence in Stingley, absolutely I would do it for a one, two, three combination of two of them this year, uh, obviously the one this year and either the three this year or the two ne- this year and then the other next year. Um, you, you know, there, there's combinations too. The, there's the rumors of maybe players getting moved in trades as well this year. I don't know who the Bills would throw in in that scenario, to be quite honest, but mm-hmm. I would absolutely consider a move like that here. And you mentioned it. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about what to do at 11 uh, because I'm leaning wide receiver for Washington. But I also know that if I don't take Stingley here, you mentioned it. I think he goes to Minnesota. Uh, so it, it's tough. But yeah, this is a good trade spot for the Bills if they're looking to uh, move up. You know, maybe this could make amends for the whole McKissick situation because there's a little bit of um, bad blood or a little hostility there over how things ended based on what Washington did after he had uh, agreed to terms with the Bills. Maybe they could, not, you know, not make it right by making a trade with them. Uh, but work with them a little bit if they are looking to trade back and, and uh, play ball, so to speak. But I agree with that uh, in, in terms of what they do. I, even though he's been a riser and I love Jamison Williams, I'm going to go Drake London here for Washington. Mm-hmm. USC wide receiver. 
Yeah, I like the pick there. Um, I, I probably would have gone Jamison Williams. I'm, I'm much higher on him. And I think his fit potentially with Terry McLaurin is, I feel like it's just a better fit. But listen, Drake London is probably seen uh, a little bit uh, like a, the immediacy of, of a Drake London compared to James Williams, who's going to be out for a little while, which is funny because I feel like London's coming off of an injury too. So it's like, it's not the same caliber or, uh, you know, the length of time he's going to be out isn't the same, but I think that that's interesting. Uh, a couple comments. I wanted to kind of stay on that uh, for a second before we move, I'll put Drake London in. Uh, but Brian says, anyone else uh, think CB round one is high risk for bust? Like why reach, get a guy with a chip day two or day three and let Frazier coach him up. I think that that's an interesting point because it's like, which route do you want to go? It depends on the cost, I guess, to move up. Maybe, you know, you're like Sal here who says crazy giving up all of that to move up to get the cornerback. Maybe you'd rather maybe trade back and get uh, somebody like a Kyler Gordon or a Kyir Elam, somebody that you think maybe isn't doesn't have the same kind of high ceiling, but maybe has a similar floor. And uh, especially there are some questions with Stingley coming off the last two years after an absolutely explosive 2019. It just hasn't been the same. He's been injured a little bit. Uh, so yeah, listen, all of those are valid questions. And I think that the way they go about this, it's all going to be about risk versus reward co- being cost effective, making sure you're not jeopardizing future years. Brandon Bean's never going to do that anyway. So um John says, if we have a chance to trade up to get either Stingley or Sauce, we have to do it, but not for any other CB. And I, I think that I'd agree with that. I like Trent McDuff- uh, McDuffie. I think he's a really good player. I think he fits the the process, what, 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 what the Bills look for in their players and their cornerbacks. But I don't think you're trading up for that. Um, but who knows? Maybe they like him a lot. Yeah, no, I, I'm intrigued by this whole draft in terms of Who's going to be making trades in the top half of the draft? Uh, is Are they going to come to fruition in terms of so many teams looking to move down? What are teams willing to give up? And what are teams willing to settle for? If you're in that top half, you're not getting a King's Ransom necessarily to, for a team to move up this year. So that's just some of the intrigue in this year's draft. It, it's probably the most intriguing because we don't know who's going to take what, but we also know that there are no sure things in terms of quarterbacks in this draft class, and that opens things up for those teams in the bottom half of the draft to be able to move up without giving up too much. All right, so London goes at 11, and for our audio friends, let's recap the the first 11 pick. Trayvon Walker, edge rusher at Georgia, goes to the Jags. Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher, uh, goes to the Detroit Lions from Michigan. Uh, Cincinnati's uh, Sauce Gardner, cornerback, goes to the Houston Texans. Iki Aquanu, offensive tackle from NC State, goes to the Jets. Uh, Evan Neal, offensive tackle from Alabama to the Giants. Charles Cross, offensive tackle to Mississippi State. Run on tackles. I mean, you got to protect your quarterback. Goes to the Panthers. Uh, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State, goes to the Giants. Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame to the Falcons. Malik Willis, first quarterback off the board out of Liberty, goes to the Seahawks. Jermaine Johnson, edge rusher, Florida State to the Jets. And then Drake London, wide receiver, USC, to the commanders. We're at the Vikings and there's no surprise here. Derek Stingley off the board for all the reasons we already talked about. He's CB two on the draft networks, big board. He's CB one on some uh, executives in the NFL's uh, big board. So it's going to be interesting to see that dynamic. I think that there's low key a chance, Ryan, that Stingley goes before sauce Gardner in this, in this draft. That's what could be real, really shake things up and get things, you know, that one of those maybe first big crazy moves that we see. 
You know, that's the funny thing about this draft is from February until I would say mid-April, it was Sauce Gardner, then Stingley. Now all of a sudden there's all this momentum for Stingley. We had how many mock drafts did we have, Matt? Not just us, but how many did we see that where Jamison Williams was to the Bills at 25 or going after him? Probably a lot, right? A lot, a lot. Now there's a ton of talk about him being a top 10 receiver in this draft class. So there's just so much momentum, so many players that are flying up and down this draft board as, as it nears. I can't wait to see how it all unfolds. Right. I just responding. We want to be a little oh. bit more interactive today. As a matter of fact, we're being so interactive. Somebody uh, on the last episode said, I don't like uh, you. you you've uh, you feel tested it a little bit. You went with the Buffalo football podcast and I like it a little bit better, a Buffalo football podcast. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do both versions. We'll, we'll throw them out there. Just I want to make everybody feel comfortable. This is a very inclusive environment. Uh, that's how we do things on Shout a, a Buffalo football podcast. All right. Uh, plus, I think my wife's sleeping, so I can get away with it. Um, all right, here we go. So the Houston Texans are up. What don't they need, Ryan Talbot? Well, they don't need a quarterback, it seems, especially in this kind of year's draft, because you know they got Davis Mills. I think they liked a lot of what they saw down the stretch. Um, I think at this point it would be fitting that they take the next version of Jadavian Clowney, which I think a lot of people are fearful that Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be. Maybe a guy that doesn't love ball, uh, doesn't really develop uh, as that elite pass rusher. Um, he's got all the skills. He's got all the talent, the natural God-given ability. Uh, but I think at this point, when you're talking best player available, I think you know Jamison Williams can be in the mix. Uh, I think uh, maybe Trevor Penning, if you're really high on the Northern Iowa offensive tackle. But I think in the end, uh, they go Kayvon Thibodeau because he's best player on the board here. Yeah, that's what I was going to do with this pick. I, I think he just makes the most sense. So Thibodeau is uh, who I would go with here. And I think this is a dream scenario for the Houston Texans. Uh, coming into this, being able to grab you know, arguably the best cornerback and then an edge rusher who at one point was being talked about. Uh, among the top or the top two, top three edge rushers. We get both of those early on. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, wide receiver is as nice as Jameson Williams would be here. It's a deep class. You can get some help for Davis Mills and it, later on in this draft. Uh, put me in for Thibodeau at pick 13. Nice. I already did. Was that? Oh, I took your yeah, that pick. was me. You took my, you know, you were going. I was like, well, he's saying everything I was going to say anyway. So <laughs> it's cool. I stole your no worries. Pick. It's, a, oh, it's all right. Listen, you could call me out for that. That was a <laughs> massive blunder. Massive blunder. I know you're right. uh, you were like, all right, nice. And I was like, oh wait, he doesn't realize that was no, what I thought was I thought that you were taking Thibodeau at the Baltimore pick, and I'm like, dude, I just took him at the Texans pick. <laughs> Total miscommunication <laughs> That's awesome. there. That's all right. Pick for pick. Pick you know, taking your taking your turns. There's gonna be uh inevitably something like that. All right. So we're looking at a couple of the, the big needs for the Ravens here. Obviously, quarterback not in play at this spot as Lamar Jackson, former MVP, maybe uh, on the precipice of a, a brand new lucrative contract. Listen, I for me, I feel like the Baltimore Ravens can go one of two ways here. I think they can go. Uh, I sneaky think they might want to take Devin Lloyd who I think this would be really early if you're looking at all the mock drafts out there. But for some reason, everything that I read about Devin Lloyd, how he plays the game, the physical traits, the speed, the, the physical nature to his game, he just 
feels like a Baltimore Raven to me. That, and, and I know that this might be early for that, and I'm actually not going to take him here. I'm going to go with another, you know, a guy that just feels like a Baltimore Raven. And that's like, you know, maybe the next version of Naholi, Haloti, not, I can't talk. Haloti, not, I can't say the name. Their next big defensive tackle. Um, it's late. I've been up since six in the morning. It's been a long week. Um, and we're just getting started. So I need a good night, good night's sleep here tonight, Ryan Talbot. I'm going Jordan Davis, interior defensive lineman uh, from the Georgia Bulldogs, who at one point in the mock draft season, it was weird. Like I felt like coming off the national title game, like the college football playoffs, his stock was so high. And then it just like strangely dipped for a couple of weeks. And then after the combine workout, it's exploded back up. And I think that there's no way we get out of the top 15 without his name getting called. No, I agree with that. He tested off the charts. He's someone that, um, you know, was skyrocketed after that, which is kind of funny because he skyrocketed as did his teammate Devontae Wyatt. And now you're seeing Wyatt start to slip and fall a little bit in some of these mock drafts. So uh, Davis is a really good pick there. And, and, you know, now that takes us to the Eagles and the Eagles are a really interesting team. Uh, Obviously they have two picks within, you know, 15, 18, they traded, uh, with the Saints, where they actually had three at that point, uh, almost in a row. But they have a lot of needs, too. And and you look over their needs, Matt, and you have cornerback. I, I wouldn't take a corner here uh, with the top two off the board. I just think it's too early at 15, maybe at 18. That, that's something to consider. Edge rushers, not in love with any of the, the choices there. It, it comes down to wide receiver or interior offensive lineman is the next two positions listed. And there's two really good players uh, available right now, and that's Jamison Williams and Zion Johnson. Uh, You know, I'm going to go with the wide receiver in this case. Uh, I I feel like they're at this point where they need to know what they have at the quarterback position this year. And and if it's not what they think, uh, if they don't feel like he is up to par in terms of being able to be a franchise quarterback, next year's the year for them to go and attack that position and, uh, if and when you do that, now you have some weapons in the wide receiver game. So put me down for Jamison Williams at pick 15 for the Philadelphia Eagles. All right. I like it. All right. Next up for the Saints. Um, you know, they can go uh, any direction here because there's a lot of needs. Uh, you look across uh, that board there and there's a lot of things that they could probably do. They lose Teron Armstead. Uh, they bring back um, uh, Jamison. I'm all over the place tonight, Ryan. Um, I'm looking at Jameson Williams and I'm reading comments. This, this is what happens, Ryan. People say they want more interaction. They want they want the comments in here. And when I start reading the comments, and then I'm just like fumbling over words. I can't remember people's names. Um, James, James Winston, I'm, excuse me. Um, and so there's, there's a few options here. But for me, I think the value of quarterback here could be really enticing and you know, who knows what's going to happen with uh, Michael Thomas, but I think Jameson Williams going off the board at 15 kind of clears the road a little bit for the saints to to consider quarterback. I think that they want a quarterback. I think if you look at most mock drafts, a quarterback ends up going here. Uh, Malik Willis is off the board. So I'm going to give the saints Desmond Ritter uh, out of Cincinnati. I think he goes over Kenny Pickett who I just think is, you know, I think I saw, I heard a great explanation for what he is. If a team takes him, he's a ready-made elite and uh, or elite tier backup quarterback. And it's like, how can you get excited about 
taking that guy in the first <laughs> round. So I just, I, I think Pickett ends up being the third guy off the board, maybe even fourth, depending on what, how uh, people view the rest of this class. But we give the Saints a quarterback here. We'll move on to pick number 17, the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, Chargers, offensive tackle, interior, defensive lineman, linebacker, edge, the list goes on and on. And I'm sitting here and I, I look at the, the board in terms of who's available. And you have Zion Johnson for the interior lineman, uh, Trevor Penning. Um, you know, I'm looking for these offensive linemen. Kenyon Green makes some sense for him too. But, it, you know, offensive tackle being listed first. I'm going to go Trevor Penning. I'm not sure if I'm as sold on him as some draft analysts are. I, I think that he plays with a mean streak, but I also think there's a lot to clean up in his game. Um, he had his moments and I can't remember who the, who the analyst was that put these clips together of him getting actually beat at the senior bowl, but then throwing guys down after the fact, um, you know, getting into their faces, playing the mind games a little bit. I like Penny. I think the talent is there. I think he makes sense for the chargers protecting that franchise QB that you have in Justin Herbert. You already have some weapons in the passing game there. You're, you're trying to get over that hump, get into the playoffs, you helped yourself on the defensive side of the ball. So put me down for tra- uh, Trevor Penning at pick 17. There you go. I'm going to go keep this thing moving along. I think that CB is the natural spot. The Eagles lose uh, Steven Nelson, who signs with the Texans. So I think uh, you go Trent McDuffie. I think if he lasts to 18, I think the Eagles will be thrilled with this development. He's definitively the third best cornerback in this class. Just shade of a tier below Stingley and sauce. So McDuffie's the pick at 18 at number 19 back again for the saints. Yeah. I'll I'll move this along as well. Chris Olave. They need some help in the passing game. Uh, You mentioned you just get Desmond Ritter at your quarterback position. You want to give him a weapon early on, take the best wide receiver that's available. And that is Olave out of Ohio state. Is Kenny Pickett, in your eyes as the Pittsburgh Steelers, any better than Mason Rudolph? Maybe. Maybe you think that's that he's better. Maybe you're ready to draft Pickett and put him at the floor of, all right, better than best or ceiling Mason Rudolph. And, you, and you're, you're ready to make that. But you go out and you give $14 million to Mitchell Trubisky over two years, and you know he's probably going to have the job. And do you want Pickett on the roster in this scenario? And maybe the Steelers trade up. Maybe they have a guy that they like and they want to go get him. Maybe the quarterback doesn't go to 20. That could be a scenario as well. But I just, I don't see them going Pickett here just from the perspective of, do you want him to be in the competition to be your guy next year when potentially if things don't go well with Trubisky, who let's be honest, man. When, it, when, it, when we were in Indianapolis, when I was there and we were talking about the quarterback class, all anybody wanted to talk about was Mitchell Trubisky and him becoming a free agent and where was he going to end up. And I know we're on the other side of it now and maybe it's lost a little bit of its luster, but I do think that the Steelers probably think, hey, let's see what this looks like with Trubisky. So I think quarterback's out for me. Uh, I think you move on to the next need. I think cornerback and safety are in need. I'm going to go to Michigan. I think Daxton Hill could potentially be an answer at either spot. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, he comes in as a safety. He's got some corner potential, maybe play some nickel, can play some outside as well. There's almost like a lack of consensus on where he actually fits, uh, where he's going to end up playing. But with that kind of versatility and the way that he plays the game, kind of feels like a Steeler a little bit. I was actually considering Devontae Wyatt there at that spot, potentially best player available, uh, interior defensive lineman. And I think the Pittsburgh Steelers would love to add a playmaker like that next to TJ Watt. 
But uh, in the end, they go to Daxon Hill, uh, add to their secondary, and we go to the New England Patriots, which uh, is going to be an interesting pick here. Yeah, real quick, Daxon Hill, he just fits that defense so well. You, you mentioned Jordan Davis kind of being a fit for the Ravens or someone in the chat did. I, I think that Hill is a great pick there. I agree with you that uh, no sure thing with Kenny Pickett, even though you'd have the Pittsburgh ties, that would be a nice little feel-good story. You're not drafting for a feel-good story in round one. Uh, go with Trubisky for this year, reevaluate the quarterback class next year, see what you can get uh, round two, et cetera. He, you know, you, you look at the needs here for the Patriots, they'll fast forwarding to 21 linebacker, interior offensive lineman, wide receiver. Um, I think this is an ideal spot for Zion Johnson. I, I think that they like what they got out of Mac Jones. He's not the most mobile guy. Uh, they're always trying to build up that offensive line because they run the ball a lot. This is a team that values the offensive line play. Uh, so put me down for Zion Johnson, one of my favorite prospects in this draft, someone that I wouldn't mind seeing fall to 25 and, and maybe be a potential target for the Bills. Zion Johnson, I think I've arrived at the spot where I think that's going to potentially be best case scenario. If Olave's gone, Jamison Williams is gone, uh, those are kind of, I think the best potential options for the bills at 25 for me at this stage, and we'll talk through it as we move along here. But to me that the next best fit is Zion Johnson, or maybe even Kenyon green, who I think we could talk about him and some of the things that I like about him. If he's still on the board, we'll see Uh, next up. We're going to go to the Packers, Uh, obviously wide receiver, a big need. And I think if you look at the way this draft um, has fallen over the last eight picks and, Brandon Bean brought this up last week for him. They're going to kind of take stock of where things are. If they don't make some massive trade up, which doesn't seem to be in the cards, but a picks out what position do we need? What players do we need? We see as uh, you know, Jamison Williams going here, Olave going there. So those are two guys that I'm sure the green Bay Packers are going to have their eyes on. I mean, those that could be trade up scenario there for the Packers, for the chiefs who just traded Tyreek Hill. So I think that that, you know, with both of those guys off the board in a traditional scenario here, we're looking at edge rusher and, you know, Carl this is, he's really a, a tough figure, right? To me, the way that his draft stock is kind of dipped. It's not to the level of AJ Epinesa yet, but isn't it same, the same kind of arc where he was like the second or third best defensive end for most of, you know, uh, the early uh, off season draft process all the way up into the combine. And then you saw Trevon Walker pop up. Uh, you saw Jermaine Johnson pop up. And honestly, uh, uh, Odafi would be up there. So if he didn't suffer the injury while training. And so, you're in his, uh, or Odafi, uh, Ojabo would be up there if he didn't suffer the injury. Some people actually say that they like, uh, David Ojabo more than they like Aiden Hutchinson, which, you know, for as much buzz as that guy's got, that's, it sounds crazy to say, but Karloftis could fall completely out of the first round. And so because of that, I, I'm hesitant to pull the trigger here. And I think at this point, in this scenario, you go best player available. And for me, I think it's an argument between Wyatt and Lloyd, I'm going to go Wyatt, but I really kind of wanted to go Lloyd just because I think he potentially can mean more to their defense, but I'm going to go Wyatt just because I think if he hits and he is that elite three technique, that's valuable for a team that wants to generate pass rush. But then again, Devin Lloyd could be that too. So it's kind of just a, you know, what, what flavor do you want at this spot? I'm going to go with Devontae Wyatt. 
And, and I like that. And listen, I was reading something. I have to do some further research. There's something about Lloyd and a few other players. Medicals maybe pushing them down the board a little bit. Mm. Um, so that might be the case there. Um, I, I like that pick, though. De- you know, interior defensive line is on their list of, of uh, prospects and things that they need. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that pick. Cardinals. You know, they've had a lot of drama this offseason, but they do have their quarterback. Kyler Murray has said that he wants to stay there. Um, there's been a lot of talk about giving him the weapons that he needs. Uh, Patrick Peterson was on a podcast recently saying that uh, this, you know, this might be a little bit of a reach, but I'm going to go trailing Traylon Burks here just because I, I think that the front office might be trying to satisfy um, you know, Murray at this point, give him another weapon. You have Hopkins there. It's kind of a, listen, if you, you want to get paid 40 plus million dollars a year, prove it on the field. Whereas these last two seasons, the team's kind of collapsed and fallen apart. Yes. They made the playoffs last year, but it wasn't a very impressive run, uh, getting eliminated very early on by the Rams. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go wide receiver. Burks is the best available at this point. So put me down for Burks. All right. Burks is the pick. I'm going to go way off the beaten path. And I think edge rusher is the play here. And I, th- and I'm going to go with uh, Arnold uh, Abedeke out of uh, Penn state, uh, a-, a name that I think is, is rising. I've heard him enough now on podcasts to make you, you know, to make you think, all right, there might be a little juice here. And I just think Karloftis fall is something that, I think at this point, like you have to wonder if anybody's going to be confident enough to pull the trigger on him. And I think edge rusher after losing Randy Gregory is a need. I think you want to get a guy that has super upside. I'm not even ruling out um, David Ajabo here. I just wonder if, if Jerry Jones will be a little bit too impatient to wait on a guy that's going to be out for a year. So I am going to make the pick uh, a bet key out of Penn state here. We'll see if he rises as much uh, as it seems like people are, are saying that he could back into the first round. So now we arrive to what I'm pretty sure is the main course. Why everybody's here. It's going to be, listen, this is the scenario that we're probably going to be looking at for the bills, uh, on Thursday night with, you know, a lot of the big names that have been mocked to them that fans have been talking about off the board, Traylon Burks, Somebody back at the beginning, Zion Johnson, the top off interior offensive lineman, Daxton Hill, safety cornerback combination out of Michigan, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, Trent McDuffie. I mean, the list goes on and on. Derek Stingley Jr. Never making it to 25. So we're in a situation now where there's a couple of ways the bills can go with this. And we're going to kind of put our heads together, see if we can land on somebody or maybe make our own pick for the bills here. Uh, Give me your early thoughts on on some of the options that that are there for the Bills. Well, first and foremost, this this would be the least ideal scenario, I think, for the Bills looking at the top of the board, who's available. Um, Looking at who's there, Kenyon Green from Texas A&M makes some sense um, in terms of the interior offensive line. You want to build that up for the long term. They did bring in Roger Saffold, but it's a one-year deal. Um, that's in play. There's two cornerbacks that obviously uh, are what fans might be leaning toward. Andrew Booth Jr. was a top 30 pre-draft visitor. There was some talk about his medicals possibly pushing him down the draft board. Kyrie Elam, 
out of Florida is another one that's starting to pick up some steam in terms of being picked by the Bills. And, and then obviously there's that running back talk, Brees Hall, that uh, I think conversation, it, Ryan it's a conversation that needs to be had, Matt. I'm starting to believe that there's some smoke to that. I really do. Uh, and, and I kind of mentioned the article that I put up on the site today when, when it was talking about Brees Hall, um, possibly the Bills liking him. It was something that Chris Sims said. But I, I'm going to read you the quote right now, and maybe this can convince some of the people that are ultimately probably booing me at home right now as I'm talking about Brees Hall. All right, I got to pull it up here. I'm for taking the best player, Brandon Bean said, ahead of the 2021 NFL draft. And there are running backs in this league now, currently in the NFL. I've talked about it in another interview. Christian McCaffrey, if he were in this draft, that was my last draft in Carolina. I would take him in the first round. I'd take Elvin Kamara, Delvin Cook. There are guys that are multidimensional. They're not just first and second down bruiser backs, but they can bring a lot to your offense. Christian McCaffrey, Kamara, those guys can go line up and play slot receiver for you in this league. They're that good. This is a passing league, a home run hitter or a vertical threat. We don't have a guy that has that dimension, so that's another element. You have to look at that. They're, those are first-round talents. And, and last year, the Bills were linked to Travis Etienne, and, and they never did draft him. He went off the board before the Bills could draft uh, or, or make their pick. But even Etienne said, man, I thought I was going to Buffalo at 30 in an interview with Jacksonville after the draft. So, this wasn't just a lot of rumors. Uh, the player himself said, I thought the Bills were kind of going to swing for the fences for me. Brees Hall can be that back. Um, NFL.com does next-gen stats in terms of their can't-miss prospects. Number one prospect in this entire draft class for can't-miss, Brees Hall. The athleticism, the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, the age. The Bills love drafting young guys. Josh Allen was young. Tremaine Edmonds was young. Brees Hall is is 20 years old right now. He can run well. He can catch the ball. There is a case to be made there. That's all I'm going to say as of right now. All right. So I, I saw Chris Sims, uh, a, a clip, a great uh, fan. I want to bring it up on Twitter here. I'll actually, I don't know if you'll actually see it. Oh no, you won't. So a good fan. I think he watched the most, uh, a good follow on Twitter. He, he, He's usually in the in the live shows. Uh, Josh McCarty, uh, he tweeted a a Chris Sims video. He must have been going over running backs. I mean, Chris Sims apparently said in the in the video, "I've heard through the grapevine that there's a love affair with the Bills and Brees Hall." And so I quote tweeted it and I said, "When's the first date of the love affair? Second round? If so, cool." So I've been waffling on this a little bit for weeks, Ryan. I had uh, when you were on vacation. I had Joe Biscalion from the Athletic. He mocked Brees Hall to the Bills a month and a half ago, right after the combine. And the idea of adding a dynamic, you know, uh, running back with the skill set that you described there—it's it, enticing. It makes you wonder. All right, you know, the Bills roster is so deep that maybe that's the missing piece. Maybe you get him in here and he becomes, you know, everything that this offense needs to really take off. I just don't know if it's in the. In, if it's in Bean's DNA, with a guy coming off of the season that Devin Singletary had down the stretch, the last 10 games, for the first pick in the next draft, with that performance, he had the most, I think the third most touchdowns in the NFL over the final 10 games, including 12 games, including playoffs. The first pick that they're going to take, and nobody drafts running backs in the in the first round. They take a running back going into Devin Singletary's 
I don't know. It just, for some reason, the feeling of that, it just flies in the face of what I think Brandon Bean does. Listen, does every move the Bills make, is it going to make sense in the locker room? No. But Singletary to me is a guy that for, for better or for worse has been one of those guys that I think has done it the right way, has accepted whatever role they've given him. And I think it's, it's low key. Listen, they drafted Zach Moss. It was what it was in the third round. You draft a, a running back in the first round now with the the guys that you have in the roster. I don't know. For some reason, I can't get there. And I think it's much more understandable if you go with that route in the second round. And I, and I don't think you have to jump the gun here. If you're at 25 and nobody's taken a running back yet, I think it's totally plausible to move back as much as 10 spots and figure that you still have at least a chance to get Brees Hall. Now, if you're Brandon Bean and you have a top 15, if he's one of the guys, Brees Hall, that you have a first round grade on, take that slip to the um to the podium and make the pick and trade Devin if if that if if that's the play, if you don't think that that's a a marriage that can be had in, who knows? Devin's a great teammate. He probably ends up showing up to camp in a fine mood, answers all the questions. They're a tandem. What? Or maybe you move on from Moss. I could see all those types of things. Yes. And, and Mattis brings up a good point on YouTube, but this is Singletary's. He's going into his fourth year, the final year on his contract. So the, the, uh, the eventual plan after Singletary, you have to start formulating it. And if that's Brees Hall, fine. Um, but I just don't see a marriage between first round Brees Hall and Devin Singletary in 2022 thoughts on that. No, I, you mentioned it. Singletary was one of the best backs in the league late in the season. He showed up in the playoffs. He showed up when they gave him the opportunities. Uh, he had a streak of something like 70-some yards combined, rush, rushing and passing for multiple weeks in a row. Uh, he continued in the playoffs against the Patriots. He, he had some tough runs. Uh, I, I just think that, you know, they looked, and I'm not saying that, that Brees Hall is J.D. McKissick, but they were interested in bringing in a, a different type of running back at some point this offseason when, when they were talking to McKissick. And I know they got Duke Johnson, and he in his past and his history has been a pass-catching back. Um, but it, they're also probably looking and saying, what is the future like at this position? Is it going to be Singletary? How much would we have to pay him in that regard? Is he worth signing to a long-term deal? It's kind of a wait-and-see right now based on uh, what he's done to date. So... That, those are some of the reasons that I thought Hall makes a little bit of sense here because you get him this year. Um, Chris Sims mentioned it. Teams are going to be playing the pass, playing the pass. Well, you, you give a, a draw play to Brees Hall, who has that breakaway speed, that explosiveness, and, and that can turn into a big gain. You give him the dump-off pass. He has that vision. He has that speed, that extra gear that the Bills currently lack. Um I'm just not going to be surprised if on Thursday night, if Hall is on the board, if the Bills make that move. I, I am, I'm believing that there might've been some actual smoke last year to Travis Etienne. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there might've been something to some of those reports that were out there about the bills, at least inquiring about a Christian McCaffrey. And, and I'm not saying that Brees Hall is either of those running backs, uh, so to speak, but I, I, I think that he is an explosive player and he brings something different to this offense. All right. So here we're at, uh, here we are. Best player on the board. I think it's been commented a couple times on YouTube. Probably Devin Lloyd. That would be the most eyebrow raising uh, name could, that could be called right now because I think 
the 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 ripple effect from the Bills drafting Devin Lloyd at this spot, while I think you can make a, a an argument for it. Like if you're if you're down on Tremaine Edmonds, if you're if you're looking on a uh, a replacement plan for him, then I think Lloyd is somebody that's super interesting. I don't know how he projects as an inside linebacker. Uh, again, it's tough because like I don't study the you know the tape on these guys necessarily. I do as much research as I can. Um, where he fits in the scheme. Is he a guy that you just want to get in the system? Is he somebody that maybe moves Matt Milano to a middle linebacker spot? If you're going to move on from Tremaine Edmonds, I don't get the sense from everything that I, you know, you know, from people I talk to from the vibe in the building, that there's any interest in moving on from Tremaine Edmonds at this point. Like I I just don't get that vibe. I'm not saying that it hasn't been discussed or maybe that's even, you know, potentially in, in the cards, but I just don't get the sense that the way that they talk about him, and I and I have a feeling with the way that, and we talked about this in the show before, with the way they've they've really bolstered that defensive line, man, Tremaine Edmonds could be in for a monster year. And then you're in a situation where if you wait to extend him and he has a monster year this year and answers all those questions and looks like the guy Bills fans have been waiting to see, then you're in a real conundrum because you have to pay him top of the market money. And two Pro Bowls, if he's a first-team All-Pro this year, Ryan, mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking at close to $18 million a year for him. And that's, I don't know how the bills fit that in with everything else. Dawson Knox and everything else. You may be in a situation where you have to move on from him. So Lloyd is, is interesting from that perspective. I think you got three cornerbacks that I think we could talk about. Kyer Elam, Andrew Booth Jr. And Kyler Gordon out of Washington. For me, if I'm ranking them in terms of likelihood for the bills to draft this spot, I think I've heard enough about the noise around Booth's injury that I'm kind of penciling him out at this pick. So I'd put it Gordon. Elam booth for me at this point, which is crazy because two week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I had it booth Elam Gordon, but I think there's a little late juice here on Kyler Gordon. And uh, listen, I, I thought that there, you know, a lot of draft experts project him as a elite nickel, but I think a lot of people in the league view him as an outside cornerback. So I think, I think there might be some juice at Kyler Gordon here. I think ultimately though, Oh, and also we could talk about um, Kenyon Green, who I think is definitely in play, will be part of the conversation. You know, N'Kobe Dean is a guy that's out there, uh, absolutely aggressive blitzer, maybe different flavor of linebacker. I think right here, though, Ryan, there this is a prime destination for the Bills to trade down as well. So talk me through it. What are you thinking are, are the things that you like, what you don't like, and and maybe about that potential trade down? Yeah, trade down, I think, makes the most sense. Um, we've already talked about this draft class being very strong on day two, early day three. So if you can get some multiple assets on day two of this draft class, uh, you, you could probably strengthen and, and address quite a few of these needs. Cornerback, uh, running back, uh, you name it. You could probably add another wide receiver, a tight end. They've done a lot of due diligence on tight ends as well. So any and all of that makes sense to me. Looking at those cornerbacks, uh, you, you know, Elam makes sense from the zone perspective. Booth makes sense uh, based on the fact that he was in for a top 30. Gordon, uh, you've already spoken on him highly. There, there are some still talented corners that you could get on day two of this draft if it's not one of those three in round one. There's Woolen that has all the athletic traits. There's McCreary who doesn't have the arm length, but he has the talent, and he was mocked to the Bills a lot early on. Uh, Cam Cameron Taylor Britt I like too so I, I'm really not sure what the the best scenario is for the Bills honestly if if it were me I would probably go with one of those corners that you mentioned or Brees Hall and that's where I'm kind of at right now so I'm gonna let you make the ultimate pick even though it, it's an odd number I've kind of narrowed it down to one of those corners or Brees Hall 
go ahead, Matt, and make that move for the Bills. So here's the thing, though. I don't know if I can let you. I don't think I can let it sit there. I think we got to talk through. Give me a little bit more on why you've moved away from Kenyon Green. Uh, there's other offensive linemen, interior offensive linemen in this draft class that I think make a lot of sense for them. Uh, Sean Ryan, top, uh, they did a private, no top 30, uh, visit there. Dylan Parham was in for the bills. Top 30 there. I like Cole strange in this draft. Spencer Burford is a, uh, early day three pick. He is someone that they've done some due diligence on. So I, I just looked at the depth here knowing it was not an immediate need necessarily in 2021 or in 2022. So you have the years wrong now uh, because we've been talking about this so long, but there's so many guys that I still like on this interior line list. Linderbaum as well out of Iowa. He's one of those fringe first round picks as well. Uh, There's just a lot of talent in my opinion left. So that's why I've kind of veered away for from green, even though he is the top interior lineman here. So, uh, you know, I, I like everything that you're, you're, you're pushing here. I do, I do think that as much as I'm probably not going to make the pick of Brees Hall. So if you, if you want to get on the table and pound it a little bit, you're going to have to make that pick uh, for the bills at 25. If you feel really passionate about, about it, uh, I think, you know, it might be a little early, but as crazy as it may s- sound, I kind of like the idea of maybe even uh Jihad Dodson or, sky more like you know chris trapasso who we're hoping to have on the show on wednesday it's super busy for for uh all the draft folks i mean their schedules are booked weeks in advance we've been trying to work on a segment we'll see if we can get him on the show he's had sky more as a first rounder for weeks and so that's somebody that if you like that flavor of receiver and that's something that you value what he would potentially bring into your offense i think that that's something you should consider here as well but i do think the drop off here is enough that where cornerback is probably the value. So I think let's rule out Kyer Elam. And are you willing to argue Booth over Kyler Gordon? If if the medicals came back clear from the, the bills and when he came in for that top 30 visit, yes, just because I, I, I think that he is um, better than Gordon in terms of the fit in terms of being that true outside corner the size i think there's a lot there yeah i'm laughing at these comments we've kind of moved on the someone said the rams are on the clock the bucks are in with their pick um so um you you know we are getting razzed a little bit because this just kind of shows how how tough it is if you are an actual gym and we are far from it so and it's funny, you mentioned Sky Moore, and I started thinking, oh, maybe he would make sense here because there was there was the report that the Bills were really interested in him. Um, he fits the offense. Don't lose your fastball. Dotson makes sense. So you almost started to sway me on the wide receiver position, Matt. Mm. Well, that didn't ask no good. None. None um, whatsoever. Listen, um, I've heard some noise about Kyler Gordon. Um, let me just bring up. I like doing this for my own um, process, if you will. Uh, I really liked hearing from Gordon and really confident kid. When we talked to him uh, in uh, Indianapolis, uh, what draft projection from Lanzier line at uh, NFL.com rounds one or two. So he's a, a late first round projection. NFL comp is Byron Jones. He's a cornerback who comes with an elite high performance engine, but a GPS still in the process of loading. 
Gordon's dynamic athletic qualities will show up in testing, but more importantly, they are all over his tape. His blend of play strength and explosive burst affects the passing game from press, off man, and zone coverages. He plays with an alpha demeanor, and hitting is definitely part of his overall package. I mean, listen, we can get into the weaknesses here. He only ran a 4.5240, which I think I think a lot of people, like when you bring up the Tariq Woolens of the world, the Kyer Elams of the world, the 40 time is something I think a lot of Bills fans are excited about. And listen, quiet down in the in the chat in, in the chat here because the, the whole process of the mock, now this isn't draft night. We we gotta talk through it so that you know, if you're Brandon Bean, if you're if you're the front office of the Bills or any team, you want to go through this process. So when this pick comes, you already thought through all of these scenarios, and you, you know, okay, if X X X and X are gone, I know I'm going to the podium to take this guy, uh, or I'm trading out. Which I think, honestly, my in a perfect world, I'm trading out of the spot here, Ryan. But I want to make a pick for the point of the mock draft. So let's see here, who do we got? Um, I'm going with Kyler Gordon. Uh, any we are mocking you. <laughs> All right. That's the comment of the night. Very good. So, Very yeah, good. Let, let's go with, with Gordon. I, like I said, don't be surprised if, if Brees Hall is in play there. I like. We, we lost Ryan. I don't know what happened to Ryan. He's talking about drafting a, a running back in the first round. And all of a sudden he disappeared. I, what, what happened there, Ryan? You're back. You, you, you cut technical out for a second. I was like, knock on the, yeah, knock on the mic. What's going on? <laughs> Just some technical difficulties, I suppose. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Gordon, I, I it's mixed, uh, mixed reviews, uh, in the, uh, don't mock the mock <laughs> some great stuff in the comments tonight, everybody. Thank you so much. It's, that's been one of the funnest parts. All right. Let's real quick, Ryan, let's fire through, uh, the picks here. Um, try to get us to a potential second round pick and, and maybe some now, if you wanted Andrew Booth, I mean, if they take cornerback in round one, they're probably not going to pull a boogie Basham and come back with corner in round two, but who knows? I mean, Brandon Bean is, he, he, he likes to shake it up. Let's go with, I kind of like Jihad Dotson here uh, to Tennessee to add a receiver. Okay. Um, they're losing. They, they have AJ Brown. Who knows what the situation is with that? I think uh, Jihad Dotson could be uh, a nice piece there. We'll just kind of follow the board a little bit. They got some pieces to, to replace on their offensive line in Tampa. Um, Kenyon Green there, maybe. Yeah, I got Kenyon Green there to, to the Bucks, And then who did the Packers do? Who did we have? Uh, Devontae Wyatt. So they could actually come back and get Devin Lloyd here at 28, which would be yeah. a pretty wild uh, pair uh, to grab. We'll go with, if, if they're going to sit there, we'll go with Christian Watson to Kansas City. I like him uh, at that okay. spot. We'll go Kyer Elam at 30. We will go just if you have something that you really like, shout it out. I think we're not going to get past this spot. I think Linderbaum here makes a lot of sense. I know that they have a couple interior pieces that they like there, but that's a guy that can plug and play, develop however they want to work that. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, or sure. Kenny Pickett. You're welcome to the party, pal. Somebody will take him there probably. Lewis Seen, he's a guy that's got a lot of uh, buzz the last couple weeks. I think he could be in play. Who do you like at Detroit here? Uh, we already got him an edge and a quarterback. Well, what do we have maybe. for safeties? I think wide receiver maybe. You think Safety, so? Jaquan, oh, by the way, Jaquan Brisker, 
that is my sleeper pick at 25 for the bills. If there's any, if there's any like real concern about getting a deal done with Jordan Poyer, Brisker to me is the fit outside of like a Kyle Hamilton because Brisker, I was listening to Greg, um, Greg Cosell does a weekly spot with the Ross Tucker. And I was listening to that podcast today and the, the immediately when Brisker was, was, was brought up on the podcast and uh, Cosell just had uh, finished watching all the safeties and he was a little bit un he was a little bit lower on Kyle Hamilton than most people are. I mean, he, he likes him, but a little bit lower. He said Brisker to him immediately made him think of Poyer and Hyde. Somebody that could come in, can do everything, can play deep, can play in the box, can tackle, can hit. That was enough for me. I, I, I'm a big fan of, of Greg Cosell and, and, and the way that he talked up Brisker. Maybe that could be a guy that, you know, you're hearing some late first round buzz on him. That could be a guy that maybe sneaks into the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Who, who do you have at the top of the board, though? Carl Loftus. Okay. I don't the need edge. the edge. Yeah, no. Um, Sky yeah. Moore. Sky Moore or or Brisker there. Um, Safety is a need. Yep. All right. There we go. We'll go Andrew Booth here to the okay. Jets. We'll go Carl Loftus finally to the Giants. Offensive tackle. We'll go with that kid from Central Michigan because I think he's a little bit too low on the draft network's board. Bernard Raymond. Okay. We'll go Jalen Petrie to the Jets at safety. Like it. Uh, what we got here? We got Sky Moore. We'll go hey, Sky oh, they, Moore well, to the Bears. They, they had edge high up there too. Oh, true, true, true. I could have done that. Nah, I, I, That's all right. I messed up there. Sorry, Ryan Talbot. No, no. Um, if you're watching on audio, we should probably, uh, or if you're listening on audio, uh, it went Stingley at 12, Thibodeau at 13, Davis at 14, Jamison Williams at 15, Desmond Ritter at 16, Trevor Penny, uh, Penning, 17, Trent McDuffie, 18, Chris Olave, 19, Daxton Hill, 20, Zion Johnson, 21, Devontae Wyatt, 22, Traylon Burks, 23, Arnold Abedic, a beg- a I said it good earlier. You did. I was working on. I was working on it all week because I knew I was going to probably say it in the mock. Uh, a big, a a big Keddy, Ebiketti. I was listening to. Oh, good little sidebar here. I was listening to um, Kyle Brandt today. He's going to do the Third. 89th pick for the Bills at the draft, and he was on One Bills Live, and he's he said the worst thing's going to be is if he gets to the draft gets handed his card, gets out there and, and gets a really hard name to pronounce. He's so worried about that. I would, I would freak out about that too. Cause sometimes on first look, I like, I don't know in the moment <laughs> I, I, I don't deliver. Um, and then um, we had the bills taking Kyler Gordon at 25 cornerback out of Washington with uh, Jahad Dodson, Kenyon green, Devin Lloyd, Christian Watson, Kyrie Elam, Tyler Lindebaum, Kenny Pickett still on the board. All right, we're going to go back to the, the, the mock. I want to get to at least the second-round pick here. We're going to go for about another five or ten minutes. Uh, Seattle Seahawks. I want to go with that offensive tackle. Where is he? Tyler Smith. They have him as an IOL, but I think he's going to end up playing some tackle, too, out of Tulsa. So we'll go with him here, and then we'll come back. Would you like an edge rusher? David Ojabo. Yeah, yeah, and then that boy Mafe is still up there. Ooh, um, yeah, I probably could have gone boy Mafe. We'll give him the right. cold. Wow, a little run on edge here. 
little run on edge here. I don't know. Logan Hall, it's a little bit late, but you know what? Throw him on there. Throw him on there, Ryan Delbit. All right. Uh, Cleveland Browns, interior defensive line. I like Perry on Winfrey right here. Yeah. That, that works for me. Second round makes sense. Uh, Tariq Woolen. Is that a little bit too early? Baltimore Ravens. He seems yeah, like the perfect speed. Raven in terms of the, the freakish tendencies. So, uh, no, I like that. Vikings. Safety. All the safeties are gone. Interior yeah. defensive linemen. Nicole <sighs> Dean can't get past him here. I mean, no, I probably don't think he even gets to this that. point, to be honest with you. Um, uh, cornerback, Washington Commanders. Interior offensive line. I think I'm going to go. I know it's not a need here, but I'm going to go. Oh, uh, no, you can't take an interior defensive line for Washington. They have too many. Um, <laughs> you know, what do you think? Do they, do they mess around and take like a quarterback, Sam Howell? I know it's not high on their need list, but it's Carson Wentz, bro. Yeah, but they, they might actually like Wentz. Wentz got traded two years in a row now. <sighs> Howell, Howell's interesting. Um, you could go let's Howell go. there. Go ahead. Let's go Christian Harris. Let's go okay. Christian Harris. He's somebody that I think is a bit of a riser. Um, I think there's some value there. Add him to the second level. Offensive tackle. I like that to the Bears. Go Daniel. I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, the Saints go with. What do you like? What do you like? Oh, I think we could probably go tight end here. Trey McBride. Okay. Yeah, Trey McBride would be the top guy on the board. Uh, that that position. Uh, you have edge now, it says, for the Chiefs is their top need. You still have safety. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they even went Brees Hall here um, at 50. Mm. All right. Give it to him. <laughs> All, right. All right. 51. Wow. We are just plugging away here. Ryan Talbot. Yeah. Edge. IOL. We'll go Sean Ryan here. It's okay. good value. Uh, they didn't grab a quarterback, Howell. so they're going to just, Boom. yeah, let's give them them. Howell. Uh, the Packers, they got uh, any wide receiver. I think Pickens makes sense here. Has the potential to be talent wise, he has the potential to be one of the top wide receivers in this draft class. Um, it comes Clay down to how comes down. Oh, uh, no, no, that I was talking about to Pickens. Oh, Clay oh Walker sorry, for yeah. the, it's uh, for the Patriots. Yeah, that works. Okay, and then I kind of think running back's a higher need than some of those other spots. I know they got James yeah. Conner back in the mix, but I kind of like Kenneth Walker, the third here to the Cardinals. I actually mocked him to the Cardinals in my first mock um, at 23. So uh, we'll see how that develops. I think there was another safety I saw hanging around here. Brian Cook, I think this is a little early, but you know what? It's a need. Give it to him. All right. Bills are up. Well, looking at that board, they're not. Uh, I don't think they need Travis Jones as good as he is. Uh, they, they've addressed the interior defensive line quite a bit this offseason, in my opinion. Uh, Chad Muma makes a lot of sense in terms of the, you know, the, they brought him in for a top 30. He's one of the better linebackers. Uh, oh, you like Mechie the third there, huh? Listen, I know um, you might have to wait a little while, but I think that the skill set that he kind of gives you is is really interesting. And I think if you like, I think if you like um, Isaiah Spiller, 
if that's maybe somebody that you, you want to entertain is nah, not, at, not at 57. I didn't like him at 57 personally. I like Muma. I like Muma. Muma I think McCreary, you could make the case for if they didn't go cornerback, but we had them going cornerback. Parham is someone. Go ahead. No, no. I, I, Parham is, is obviously in the conversation. I'm hearing a lot about Leo, Leo Chanel out of uh, Wisconsin, the way that he plays. Maybe you get him in the AJ Klein role this year, and maybe you view him as a middle linebacker, um, you know, a, a potential out in case you don't want to pay Tremaine Edmonds. Maybe if that big season doesn't come, um, the Bills had a visit with Isaiah Likely, correct? I, I don't, I don't believe all the smoke on the tight ends, by the way. Like, Not I know they've had a lot of people in, but it just doesn't add up for me. Okay. I mean, and obviously at the combine, you meet with just about every, anyone and everyone. So, uh, but I they did a lot right of homework here. there. And Calvin Austin's been one of my guys. I think that's the pick, Ryan Talbot. Okay. I think, I think you're bringing Calvin Austin. You address, uh, you know, adding a weapon for Josh Allen. It's you're not Brees guy. Hall, but yes, it's the guy that you get the ball in his hands, let him kind of create. Let me actually bring him up here. Huh, our good buddy Joe Marino uh, with the uh, with the profile. I want to see if he had the uh, his scores. What did he run, Calvin? Calvin? Uh, oh, he was he was the fastest one at the combine. I thought like a four three. I got to look it up now. I want to see he was in the four three club. Let's see here, Calvin Austin ran a four three two. So mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about instant instant speed. Um, I love that pick. I think you bring him in here. You you kind of move him around. I think that creates competition. Uh, you know, Marquez Stevenson's put on notice. Uh, I mean, Isaiah McKenzie's put on notice. So I think that's kind of a pick that you 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 add him to the room, get get the ball in his hands, and just see what happens. Yeah, no, uh, I'm all I'm all for uh, Kelvin Austin the third. I, I like him a lot. Um, you, you know, he's he's one of my guys at wide receiver. We talked about. Uh, Pierre running back there um, or last week when we were talking about some guys in those middle late rounds that could come in and, and, and be a factor. So I, I like Kelvin Austin, the third though at 57, I think he's a riser. I think he's someone that uh, Buffalo could, could use on the, in, in a lot of ways. You can be a gadget player early on. You already have Isaiah McKenzie. I know, and you have um, Crowder, but I, I think he's a long-term option out of the slot. Ryan Talbot. This was so much fun, man. If you're watching uh, on YouTube, thank you so much. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel before you leave. The mock draft is in the books. The Bills go Kyler Gordon at 25. No trades. And um, Calvin Austin at uh, pick 57. Uh, wow. This was a fun time. I love it. It's it's a thought-provoking exercise because it puts you in another scenario. We kind of go feed off of each other. Uh, this is a tradition uh, that I, that I love that we have that we've built here on Shout. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. We hope that it was enjoyable for you. Give us a final thought, Ryan Talbot, because we're coming back in two days with our full final draft preview. Yeah, final thought: embrace the chaos because with this actual draft coming up here in a few nights, uh, I think you're going to see a lot of picks that kind of go against conventional thinking in the first round. Uh, maybe we won't see that the board of doom and gloom like we did tonight for the bills. When 25 came up, there might be some uh, really talented options out there for the bills that fit needs as well. So uh, just know that anything can and will happen on Thursday night. I think this is one of the most intriguing drafts we've had in some time. I can't wait to get to Thursday night when we talk about that draft and think back 
the, how the draft unfolded, what the Bills did. I mean, we Ryan, honestly, we could have a show, a 30 to 40 minute show um, talking about the Bills trading out of the first round. I mean, we really yeah. might have to do that on Thursday night. And if that's the case, I'll, I'll understand it because we saw how the board fell. I mean, depending on how this thing goes, if there's nobody there. It is what it is. And Paul Lancaster asked a great question on YouTube. Is the reason Matt doesn't wear headphones is because it will mess up his hair? And the question, the answer to that is no, actually. As surprising as that might be, for some reason, the port on the side of my computer, it stopped working for the wired headphones. And so now I got to do the wireless, which is f- better because the, the sound quality is better. I can hear better. It's 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 fine. But no, it's not a hair reason. So there you go, Paul. Thank you. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. This was so much fun. We'll be back on Wednesday. Get some sleep. Crush some more mocks. We'll be back. We'll talk all about it. Take care, everybody.